Welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and it's a real pleasure today to be joined by Brianna Ansaldo. Brianna, you're very welcome to the show. Let's begin maybe by asking you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and the wonderful world of Bambi Media. So over to you. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you. Well, I cannot see you. I'm assuming that you're listening and maybe watching this on YouTube. Uh, my name is Brianna. I'm the head of Bambi Media. So I've been running that company now. We're a podcast and video production house, uh, and we've been going now for about nine years. I've been working in the space all that time. And then previous to that, I was a touring musician for about 12-ish years. Uh, always worked in audio. I'm also completely deaf in one ear. So that has been something that has made the journey uh, that little bit more interesting. I think I was born that way. So that was, uh, I never saw it as a challenge, but it was a point of difference that I think made me love audio even more. Uh, as far as what we do now, we have a team of about eight staff. We're a completely distributed workforce and we help clients all over the world. We've got a current roster of around 60 that we produce podcasts for on a weekly basis. So it is uh, quite a fun gig. Well, having 60 on a rotor sounds pretty full on uh, for a team. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. And tell me, uh, where did the where did the name come from? Bambi Media. Why Bambi Media? Bambi is actually my nickname. So that's where it all started. Yes. And I just thought it was fun because it was like, bam, you know, and it's got like an audio ring to it. So I just ran with it. Very good. Well, look, podcasts are uh, an excellent medium, but you've been in this medium now, as you said, you know, 10 years or more. You're, you're an expert here. You were a touring musician before that. Uh, you have a wonderful setup there for people watching this. Um, you know, you've got the lights, you've got the microphone, you're all set up for business. And if you're managing all these different podcasts, um, how did that business come about? Was it something you always wanted to do after this sort of, you know, touring stage of your, your career? Um, is it something you kind of just, well, look, I'll give it a go. We'll try with a couple of clients because people listening to this, you know, it, it's very interesting to understand how do you build a business to get to that point where you, you're producing all these shows and all different types of content, you know? So how do you get there? So this is a great story. So when I was a touring musician, I had a partner, a husband, actually, at that point. I mean, he's still my husband, <laughs> but he was an intern. He was the doctor at the time and he was in his intern year. And we had to move to Cairns, which is, if you don't know, it's up north from where I am. It's very hot. It's beautiful, but it's very sweaty and hot. And we also had a 13-month-old baby at the time. And so I had to move up there because he was an intern and live up there isolated with a child and him never home. And it started me thinking about where the where my life was going to go and how difficult I could see the touring space become for myself with a child and hopefully with maybe another one at some point. Uh, and so I thought at that point, I felt like I'd lost a bit of interest in being a touring musician at that point and a performer, knowing what was the trajectory of where things were going. So I was there one day on uh, up there in Cairns by myself, feeling, feeling sad. 
And I thought, what am I going to do next? Because I have all these skills. I've been doing this for a long time. I have an audio production degree. So a bachelor's degree. I know what I'm doing. I've worked in studios. What can I do? And I love storytelling. I jumped on rev.com, which is a transcription site. I love to type. So I started typing just random things just because I was like, oh, let's just get into doing something else. Podcasts were one of the things that were on these transcription services. And I started listening to them, obviously, as I was typing going, what is this? Like, I've never heard of these things. And they sound like this is awesome. You know, they tell stories. They have really nice audio formats. Sometimes there's nice folly in them. There's music. This seems perfect to me. And that's how I jumped in. So from that little bit there, I then put myself up as a freelancer on upwork.com and just started looking for jobs uh, in podcasting. There were zero in Australia at that time because it was a decade sort of ago now. And I applied for this one job. I got some other little ones. I applied for this one job and I wrote a funny cover letter sort of thing that went with it. I got hired because of my humor, I think, more than more than my skills, maybe even. And it happened to be a massive show, like a really big show in the US. And I worked with this team for four years. And in amongst that, I started to get referrals because I was doing a good job. That's how it kind of happened. And then more more and more, I started to get more clients, more referrals, always word of mouth, always referrals, never did any marketing or advertising or anything. Uh, And then we just started to really grow. And I started to collect Australian clients as well. And now the Australian space is massive. And it's really been word of mouth this entire time, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's, I guess it's a testament to the work that we do, Uh, but yeah. That's, that's how it happened. That's awesome. And thanks for sharing that story with us. And I think Bambi Media now, is it Brisbane you're in, you're located in? Yeah, and, I'm located uh, in Brisbane, Australia. But, yep. And the reason I bring that up is because you you mentioned that uh, you, you work fully remote now. Now, was that a, a pandemic-driven thing? Was that a conscious decision? Uh, how does that work in a, a podcasting sort of production world? It was a conscious decision. Uh, it was something that I wanted to be able to be available for my children. And I wasn't sure how that was going to look again with a doctor husband. <laughs> Side note, he is no longer a doctor. So he he left the doctoring thing after six years when Bambi Media was really just going great guns and he doesn't have to do that anymore because doctoring was never his jam to begin with. It's a whole other amazing story there. Uh, so it was a conscious decision to do that and the way it works is it actually is kind of perfect we have a team where I continually ask them do you want an office like we're all still based in Queensland we could actually have an office I did have some others that were in different cities and stuff uh, for a while some overseas as well but I asked them do you want an office no one wants one and I thought that the culture thing would be an issue, you know, having, they're not there. Like you can't have those just little chats around the water cooler and (laughs) all that sort of stuff. But because we're all in the audio and video space, 
we need to have headphones on. We need to be in closed rooms. We need sound to be minimal for us to actually do an exceptional job. And so even if we did have an office, we'd need to be in our own little pods, like six hours of the day anyway. So it actually works because of the space that we're in. It makes a lot of, makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting to hear that they don't want an office. And it seems to be now, maybe not 10 years ago or definitely not 20 years ago, but um, how the world of work has changed significantly. And it's interesting as well to hear that you can actually probably do a better job without an office than if you had an office facility. Uh, I must ask though, do you, is there like the annual catch up? Do you, do they get together and party or does that happen? Yeah, we have uh, twice a year we get together uh, and it's always just a fun time. I just organize some ridiculous thing and we all get together and just be stupid. And, uh, that's that's really important to the actual culture of it where we all get together and just have a lot of silly fun at the end of the year as well so we're coming up to it now uh, in December we finish up for a month so the whole business takes a month off at the very end of the year uh, we have a Bambi Media Christmas party where I take them all away somewhere and their partners to uh, you know a hotel or something or a resort or whatever and we spend quality, like good time there together as well. Uh, so that's how we actually keep the keep the momentum and the culture high. And we also have a very funny Slack channel. Like we operate purely on Slack and we have some really good like fail channel where we're just talking about all the stupid things that we've done. And, you know, there's like a sploopsy channel where it's just us being idiots. Like there's there's got to be a lot of that in order for people to still feel like they're connected and they're a part of something. That's great. And it seems obviously that's really working um, because you couldn't, you couldn't produce all those shows that you're producing if it didn't work. Did it take long to produce the, the process of how you work or is that constantly evolving or is it, have you hit the sweet spot? We know what we're doing. We can just crank it up from here. Um, is it, does that, that is a very change? good question. Yeah. Mm, that's a that's a really good question uh, and not one that I've been asked. So well done on that. <laughs> the, the process takes a while. So especially because you're completely remote, the systems have to be solid, like rock solid. Every show has to be done in the same format as in all the shows are different, but there are processes that do not change that there are tick boxes that you have to tick off for every single show. And there's a lot of quality assurance uh, built into that. So we use, and I have a intranet. So we have, we use Confluence for our intranet where all our tutorials, I've shot a tutorial for literally every show that we've ever done and produced and all the ways that that should be produced. Uh, and so we use Confluence and then we use Slack and then we use Trello for our workflow, like Trello every day has clients aligned and assigned. And our clients are very aware of that process as well. When they sign on and they become one, they have an onboarding process where I say to them, or we say in the email, you get, you are assigned this editing day at this time. And if you don't have things to us, we will chase you and you need to get it to us. Otherwise, you know, it won't get done. And so everyone's very aware of that system of just 
processing things and systemizing it to the point where it just works. Well, thank you for sharing that insight. It's it's wonderful to hear how that how that operates maybe a little bit below the le- below the level. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, if I can, is at the time of recording, it's an AI crazy world, right? You can't read any media without being bombarded with AI messaging. And of course, that has a spillover into the podcasting world, into the production world. Are you seeing any AI um, in the workflow? Uh, does it come up? I mean, people are editing now with AI. We're even seeing some big brands use AI avatar type people in their podcasts. Uh, is this really a thing now? Or do you think the human engagement is always going to be at the sort of uh, the kings and queens of the podcasting audio world? It's a fun experiment. I was experimenting with it a couple of weeks ago, even just with my voice, just going, just feeding it, you know, giving my voice and then letting it, and then I would sort of write a script and let it sort of talk me, but it made me very American. <laughs> and it, it, so, there's I also a lot of, uh, sorry, to, I didn't mean to cut across you, Brian. I was going to say there's no. also a lot of uh, language as well, where some of the, yes. I'm thinking of like Spotify, they've got some of their big uh, podcasts now where they, you know, they speak maybe English, but you can get it in Spanish now, you can get it in Italian now. And it's, it, it seems to be doing a pretty good job. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, side I love that. I actually love that. If you can get translated easily into different languages, it's only a good thing, right? I mean, I just, I'm all for it. I'm definitely for the AI space making things more productive. Uh, and I really feel like that has happened for us here at Bambi Media. We definitely incorporate AI into our workflow. Uh, we do a lot of, so not only do we edit and produce and like do the video edits and the audio edits for these shows, but we also do a full stack of other things for a lot of clients, including the show note writing. We do website update, updates. We do YouTube analytics, like anything that's within a show we can handle, right? And so one of those things was when AI started to to gain momentum, especially with copywriting, that made a massive difference to the speed at which we could actually deliver quality content. We don't feed a show into, you know, an AI thing and then just go, okay, cool, that's done. But it gets over that hurdle of the initial thought of being like, how do I want to structure what I'm trying to say? And even if it gives you something that's trash, you then know, like your thought process has already started to happen where you then can go, okay, cool, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use maybe bits of this. And it sparks the creativity. So for me, it's actually made me and our team a lot more creative in what we're able to deliver. And there are certain AI tools like uh, regenerating, like when we use Descript, Descript is a is a really good platform for incorporating AI tools. Descript has something called Regenerate, where if you uh, missay a word or you stumble weirdly, and you know if you try and cut in the past, it's like the intonation's off and it's wrong and it just doesn't sound right. You can hit Regenerate, and uh, the AI does a pretty good job of trying to fix it, you know, so that it actually does sound good, and you don't have to get them to retake the word Uh, and there's background noise removal and all sorts of other things so for me it just seems like it's going to be really beneficial I don't think it's going to take our jobs I just think that it's going to improve the quality 
and allow for more human connection because we're not worried about all this other little niggly stuff. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, it's interesting, as you were talking, it kind of makes me feel as though people that have content in this space and are producing podcast-type media, whether it's purely audio or audio and video, that with these AI tools and with maybe some of that language translation that we're talking about, it opens up a whole new audience, doesn't it, or a whole new segment for whether you're a personal sort of brand and trying to increase your profile or whether you're a, a big global uh, business brand looking to go more international. Um, and the question I'm coming to here is, do you think that the podcast as a medium, just as a medium, do you think that businesses really get it and understand it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm always shocked at how many companies don't have a podcast, how many businesses don't even consider it as a, as a media form to get messaging out. And I really feel sometimes they're really missing out. It seems almost as a, there's still a big education to be done there, even though podcasts are exploding in lots of different ways. What are your thoughts? It's actually bonkers. It's actually bonkers how little bigger companies and brands think about podcasting as a marketing tool. It could probably be done right, their best marketing tool, and yet a lot of them don't use it. There are brands that use podcasts badly. So as in there are branded podcasts and you listen to it and it just feels like it's just one long ad repeatedly. You know, every episode is just, why would someone listen to it? Like, it's actually not that interesting. You've still got to be creative with the delivery of whatever the thing is. I actually don't think that there's enough creative people working in the bigger businesses that want to dive into it, you know, or that get free reign to just go with it because it's the way you attack it is different to the way you attack a social media channel, even though it is actually a form of social media, right? It definitely is. They just don't see it that way. And because we don't have the kind of analytics tracking and attribution with podcasting yet that the other channels do, they're not seeing the benefit of it on that grassroots level to connect with people in really niche topics. So they haven't missed the boat and I think they're going to catch up, uh, but there needs to be more creative thinking around it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the ones, the brands and the people that are in the space and are producing content, do you think they're doing enough with that content? You mentioned show notes, for example, and, you know, creating articles around it or even cutting up that original recording into multiple sort of smaller snackable type contents. Do you, do you do a lot of that type of work or do, do brands kind of miss that and they just put out full recordings all the time? Oh, it's something we see all the time. People just go, oh, cool, okay, I've produced my episode now, like I've edited it, I've edited it and it's out there. Done. I've written some show notes, a couple of paragraphs. Sweet. Now that's kind of it. But they're missing the biggest repurposing machine that exists. You can take one conversation, and I know everyone's heard this, but you you can hear it and doing it is a different thing, right? So 
you could take that one piece, you can turn it into articles, turn it into medium articles, turn it into a newsletter. You can cut it up into a whole bunch of different snippets. You can post that long form on YouTube, post the long form. Uh, on the show you can, yeah. yeah, you could stream it live, you know, all these different things that you can do. And video has opened up an even bigger can of worms in that space because in the past, when we first started with podcasting, you could only do like audiogram snippets, which were just, you know, graphic and some captions and like a little waveform that we used to do on Headliner before we up, well, before I got people on that knew how to use After Effects and Premiere Pro and things like that. Uh, that's all we could do to begin with. But with video, you can do so much more and it's a pain in the ass, I know, to have to be on video all the time. But what you can do with it is exponentially more impressive and more engaging to your audience have you seen that natural trend in video growth for podcasting mm -hmm. is, is that definitely happening yeah that is definitely happening yes video is definitely a thing but what's happening with that is we're getting a lot of uh crappy video reaching the market so you know they want to be on video but they don't have enough stuff yet and everyone's got to start somewhere, you know, so I'm not saying don't do it, but you're going to get lost in uh, the mix of other people all starting out with not a lot of video like equipment or lights or anything like that. After a while, you need to get that 1% better every time to just improve one thing in your videos so that you start to get yourself higher, like rise above uh, what will become a sea of just people putting things on video. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I'm sure you get asked this question a lot, but when you're talking to a client who's considering producing a podcast, right. Uh, is there some sort of basics that they need to really consider? Like if somebody was watching this or listening to this now and saying, okay, well, I really want to get into this space. We have to do this. What are sort of the, the key things you would say, look, consider this, consider this, think about that. Is there some sort of hard things that they need to really think about here? One of the hardest things for people to get their heads around is it's a long game. So you're not going to see, unless you start off with a following that's quite large on a different platform and then you jump into podcasting, you'll see a higher rate you know, like the attraction will be kind of easier, I guess. But if you're a, a small business owner and you've got, you know, a decent following and you've got maybe a newsletter and all that sort of thing, it's still a slow burn. And I think that's one of the things that people kind of think about. And that's why pod fade is so evident as well. Pod fade, meaning people get into, especially if they don't have someone producing it for them, they start editing their shows and then they get 10 to 15 episodes in and they're like, oh God, this is, I'm not seeing the traction. This is too much effort. I'm not seeing return. It's costing me money. And then they stop. So that's probably one of the first things that I say is, do you understand that for us to achieve your goals, this is going to be a long-term game with a strategy that probably needs to change every three months and assess where you're currently at. So that's the number one thing. Can you carve out time in your schedule, either batch recording or once a week, to actually produce a show every week 
for a long period of time and treat it like the same way you would post on social media and you would plan that content. Can you commit to that? That's the first thing. Yeah, no, that's really important. And I've heard people talk about Podfade and I'm not sure whether it's 10 or 15 or seven. I've heard lots of different numbers, but it's certainly a thing. People start with such gusto and then don't experience the kind of returns that they want. And then it, it sort of disappears, doesn't it? It fades away. And then other people have said that you really need to be uh, producing podcasts for about a year. You need to pass a hundred episodes and then you really start to get a feel for what's happening. Would you buy into that? Does that sound like the right approach? I mean, I don't think so. I think it's sort of, I try not to attach too much to a number. I think I kind of, I don't like to have such a clear plan with like, right, I'm going to get to here and then it's going to be this. For me, it's more, and especially when I have consults with people, is like, firstly, can you commit to a long time? Like, it just doesn't matter how many, but a long time. And then secondly, what kind of content have you got? And they need, even to work with us, they need to have 50 topics ready to roll. If I can see that they're committed and they've got 50 episodes and it's good, then we can work together because I feel like it's got legs. So I think it's less about the number and it's more about the content that they are actually wanting to put out. Like how are they doing it and is it good? Is it worthwhile and how are they doing it differently than someone else that's in the same space? That's great insight. Thank you, Brianna. Um, and look, it brings me nicely to one of the things I want to ask you before we start running out of time here, which is as you, at the time of recording, we're looking at a new calendar year. As you look forward over the next six to 12 months, what's on your radar? What are you hoping to achieve? Is it more of the same? Have you got some new things that you're working on? Uh, or is there anything, you know, that, you, that you're looking at in terms of your planning, your process, your structure? How does that work in your world? Uh I'm, I'm like, I love this time of year towards the end of the year where I think about, and I know that I have a month off and I start thinking about what I want the next year to look like. Uh, there's a few things that are going on. So we have a pretty full roster, right? 60 ish, you know, some of them, maybe they're a little bit more seasonal might come and go and, but they always sort of come back. It's, it's actually hard for us to get rid of get rid of clients, you know, once they're there, they're there, they're good. Uh, so from that perspective, we're not normally looking for more clients unless it really tickles a content or an industry or something that we don't know much about. And we really just want to learn that. And then we're interested. Then we will absolutely take that on. So I'm not saying don't reach out if you don't have a podcast, if you want to work with us, but, uh, we're not, we're not looking for that, right? So we're happy with that side. I also have, I, I love to teach. So I have another arm of Bambi Media, which is a community and it's courses. So we have like a DIY podcaster course, which I just launched a couple of weeks ago. We have a Let's Get Launchy course, which helps you launch your podcast and we have a monetization sort of masterclass. That area of the business I'm finding really fun and is an area that I want to do a lot more of in the space because I love taking a show that I can't work with 
because maybe the budget's too small or, you know, that sort of thing. But I can kind of work with them in that space, especially with that DIY podcaster uh, program. So that's a space that I'm going to continue to go hard on next year and just explore. And then the other thing is is uh, I'm looking at doing an independent podcast awards, but for Australia base. Because at the moment we have the Australian Podcasting Awards, but, and I was a judge this year actually, but the issue I had with it is that most of the podcasting market are independents and yet the visibility is the ones tied to massive networks. And I really want to highlight all these indies that are doing incredible things and have awesome niches and they don't apply for these awards because they're like, oh, I have to compete with these giant shows and I'm never going to get a look in. So it's that's what I want to do. I want to explore that next year and, and see what we can do. That sounds really great. And, uh, yeah, I, I hear you because um, I, I'm aware of quite a number of these type of awards where even some awards have been bought over by big corporations and all of a sudden the pricing goes through the roof and you've got to buy a table for 10 and, you know, the big brands get all the, uh, the trophy wear. Um, but it, it kind of ignores a lot of the new creativity coming through. Some do it very well. I mean, I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush, but it is exciting to hear that you might be looking at that over the next sort of six to 12 months. Um, mm. You mentioned budgets and I do want to ask you on that. So, if somebody's starting a podcast from scratch, do they need to have some sort of numbers in mind? Do they need to think about that? Because we talked about the time, haven't we? And they need to be able to commit to the topics, but you've got to pay for, for good content. You've got to be able to produce good content. So do you, do you sort of advise people on the budgets that they need? And particularly in relation to what you said earlier, that sort of longer term thinking that they need to have. Oh, that's a good question as well. Nice work. <laughs> uh, so yes, budget is key. You can look at it two ways. You can either look at it as you're going to outsource to a company, agency, whatever, like us, or you're going to do it in-house and you're going to have someone in on your team that does it, maybe a VA or someone that, that likes the space. Either way, it's money, isn't it? You can pay someone in-house, which is completely fine. You need to make sure that they're upskilled enough to do a quality job. So you've got to pay for that professional development and then they should be right, you know, hopefully <laughs> after that. So whatever you're paying them there is is a different story. If you're wanting to outsource, uh, then, you know, our budget can start from anywhere around what is it seven eight hundred I think Australian a month and that's to edit and upload for audio that's around 30 to 45 minutes raw okay so it's less than a thousand sub a thousand to produce very high quality from our point of view budgets go up depending on what else you're wanting to sort of outsource, right? So we range from seven-ish hundred dollars all the way through to eight, nine thousand, depending on, and that's a month, depending on what you want to offload. If you're just starting out, I'd say start small and see how you go with the medium. But one of the most important things is to have accountability to keep going. Someone's got to be your cheerleader 
that's producing it for you, if that's someone on your team to go, this was good, this wasn't good, here's some feedback, try this, so that you always feel like you're learning something and you'll do, you'll you'll be in it for a lot longer if that's the case. Thank you, uh, Brianna. That's very helpful for people watching and listening. Um, last two questions. I want to ask you, if there's anything else that we haven't covered today, or maybe it's something we have touched on that you'd like to double down on, that you want to share with our worldwide audience. And secondly, and importantly, if somebody does have 50 topics and something that they think you'd be really interested in and wants to get in touch with Bambi Media, <laughs> or they want to find out about the courses, where's the best place to point people to? Okay, so first question around anything else that I think we haven't covered. I really want to say that confidence is a massive problem for a lot of people in the podcasting space, as in they don't get started or they don't allow themselves to actually be themselves enough on their podcasts because they're worried about how it's representing right how people could be thinking about what they're like do they even know enough that imposter thing that everyone talks about like what who am I to be talking about this thing chuck those things in the bin right now okay those thoughts that you have about you not knowing enough and you not liking the sound of your voice and maybe you're awkward or you know you don't want to show who you are too much because it feels vulnerable you need to shove that in the bin right now because you won't get anywhere in podcasting. And in fact, just creatively, right? You won't get anywhere if you're coming across that challenge in your head all the time. You second guess yourself and you're not expressing actually what your thoughts really are and allowing your personality to come out. The shows that perform best for us are the ones that have a true personality in them someone that's really like you can they can teach you something they can be a thought leader in something and they can also have their own thoughts and their personality that shines through so I really want you to make sure that you understand that and if you have a podcast already this is me giving you that kick up the butt to just relax and be more of yourself in your content excellent and then as far as reaching out if it's something that you want to do if you felt like this conversation floated your boat in some way then you you can go to bambimedia.com slash services we'll show you what we have on offer there as far as the services go uh, and then if you go to the learn tab on bambimedia.com you'll be able to see the ways that we can sort of work with you from a course perspective as well and I'll give Simon some links to uh, those things specifically so that you can dive in if you want and have a look at that but that's how to do it well thank you Brianna that brings us nicely uh, to the end of our chat here today on this episode of the global discussion uh, thank you to everybody who's been watching or listening to us around the world make sure that you follow like subscribe do everything I need you to do to help support the show and of course, go and check out all the great work that Brianna and the team are doing over at Bambi Media. And please join me back here for some more discussions with creatives and leaders and thinkers just like Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. It's been wonderful to talk to you today.
I've had such a great time. Thank you. 